begin, start thinking about what all He saved you from. Remember where you once were. Remember. These aren't just words that we're singing. This is a reality. Remember every chain He broke. Remember every addiction that He freed you from. Remember the identity that he changed. Remember the way he wooed you over. Come on. Last week we talked about looking unto Jesus to see more of him, to never get tired of this reality, to never be bored. Sometimes I think the best way to see more of Jesus is to remember what all he's brought you out of. I don't think we really appreciate it when it first happens. I don't think we really understand the death and the darkness that we were really walking in until we see the light that he brought us into. Come on. Some of y'all have been saved for too long. You've forgotten where you were. Praise Jesus. Just to start remembering, guys, what all He's brought you out of. To look unto Him, never get bored of this reality. God Himself, leaving His throne in heaven, stripping Himself of all righteousness, stripping Himself of all heavenly rights, and coming to dwell in a body he didn't belong in. Not because he needed us, but he saw and knew our need for him. Come on, guys. I will never leave your love. I will never leave your love. You saved me, you saved me, I will never leave your love, I will never leave your love. You saved me, you saved me, I will never leave your love, I will never leave your love. I don't know about you guys, but I do not know where I would be without the love of Jesus. I don't know where I'd be. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank I don't know where I would be without the love of Jesus. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Tell him how much you love him. Let the redeemer of the Lord say Yeah, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Is he not worthy? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. This isn't normal, guys. Yeah, we say thank you. Jesus. 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 
Lord, we come into Your presence thankful tonight. With thankful hearts. With unveiled faces and unveiled hearts. Because the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world was slain. Yes. And He reigns forever, seated at the right hand of the Father. Thank You, Jesus. Yeah. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You. Lord, just allow us to gaze upon Your beauty tonight. Gaze upon Your worthiness tonight. We join with heaven. Saying, worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Thank You. Thank You, God. Of pornography addiction. Thank you, God, for freeing me of pride. Thank you, God, for freeing me of all lustful desires. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a better way when I was dead in my trespasses. That's when you saved me. That's when you died for me. You didn't wait for us to get all cleaned up, to get all dolled up, to get our act right. But it was when we were dirty that you loved us. And you died for us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we gaze upon your beauty tonight. This is all about you. It's not about performance. We're in need of you tonight, Jesus. We acknowledge that there's nothing good in us except for that is of you. Have your way tonight, Jesus. Would your cross be lifted high? Would your name be lifted high? Would you be glorified tonight, God? Hide me behind the message of your cross. Hide me behind the goodness of this reality. And that the unity of your gospel would pierce hearts tonight, God. That we would walk in freedom. That we would walk in security. And that we would walk on mission. Making your name known. Knowing you deeper in making your name known. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for meeting us here today. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all can find your seat. Get settled. Shout out to the worship team. Give it up. Madison, Danny, Patrick. Absolutely anointed. That's facts. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, if this is your first time at Ignite, praise God. Welcome. We're so happy you guys are here. Uh, if this is not your first time, if this is your second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, whatever time, what's up, fam? We're so glad that you guys continue to come back uh, and spend your Sunday nights with us. Uh, there's absolutely nothing better than seeing y'all's faces fill this room. Uh, the glory of the Lord shines upon your faces for sure. Uh, so, yeah, man, if you guys, again, new to Ignite here, all we do um, is just pursue Jesus, pursue Amen. the heart of the Lord. Our, our first ministry um, is actually not to you guys, believe it or not. Our first ministry is to the heart of God. Amen. Everything we do, we long to, to please 
the heart of the Father. We long to lift him high. We long to exalt him. And we just gaze at the beauty of this gospel, gaze at the beauty of this cross, gaze at the beauty of this man, Jesus. This isn't, this isn't a topic that get, can get exhausted. There's no such thing as, as beating the dead horse with the gospel. Like this is, this is a reality that you can come back to every single day of your life and find something new, find something new in the depths of this gospel, the depths of this message, this good news, and be overwhelmed by the reality that God himself has stepped into his creation and died for us. That's insane, guys. That's insane. And even when you come back to it and you read the same things over and over again, it can hit you in a new way. It's insane. I was thinking about Acts 4 earlier today, and it says that Peter and John were standing before the council. They were preaching the gospel so fiercely, so passionately, so boldly that they were going to be thrown in jail. And when the people recognized who they were, they said, oh, these are the guys that's been with Jesus. The reason they were recognized, how they were recognized, was from being with Jesus. That's the same thing that, that, that we should be known for. When people see the fruit of your life, when people see the way that you react to things, when people see the way that you smile, when people see the way that you love, you're like, man, they've been with Jesus. Amen, yeah. And I think that when we continually fix our eyes on Jesus, our lives will then start to reflect his love, his life. That's right. Ultimately, Issuing other people forward to look upon his beauty as well. When your life reflects Jesus, when you've been with Jesus, your life will reflect him. Issuing people to look upon his beauty as well. And I don't know about you guys, but it's really, really hard to look upon Jesus and not be captivated. It's really hard to look upon Jesus and not fall down, face down on the ground, saying, worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Let's not cease from beholding Christ and getting lost in the goodness of this gospel. So what we're going to do tonight, uh, we're going to attempt to walk through uh, the union of the gospel tonight. The unity of the gospel. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 5. You guys can go ahead and turn there. Um, if you have your Bibles, praise God. Shout out to you guys. Uh, if you have your phones, uh, you're just a little less anointed. No, I'm, just uh, I'm just kidding. We're going to be starting in verse 14. I'm going to take a sip of water. Praise God. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. <laughs> All right. Starting in verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who might live no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake has died and was raised. Come on. Yes. From now on, 
Therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Mm -hmm. Come on. You're a new creation if you're in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us with the message of reconciliation. Therefore, everyone say therefore. Therefore. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God for our sake. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Come on, guys. So much goodness to unpack from that passage. We can literally be here uh, all night. So I pray that you are. Just kidding. We're not going to keep you. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the the title of of this passage in my Bible, it says, The Ministry of Reconciliation. Mm. Now, when I first came upon this passage, I read with my eyes the Ministry of Reconciliation, but my brain, for some reason, I kept saying the Mystery of Reconciliation. Mm. This Mystery of Reconciliation in which we've been adopted into the family of God. Mm. We've been adopted into being sons and daughters of God, not because we've earned anything, not because we deserved it, but strictly just because of his grace that he's poured upon us. In Ephesians, it says that God has lavished his grace upon us. Lavished. I don't even know the correct definition for lavish, but it just sounds like bougie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like God, God didn't hold back. He lavished his grace upon you. He lavished his love upon you. He didn't give you a little bit to have you get a taste, but he gave you the fullness of who he was in this gospel. So what we're going to do is walk through both the mystery of this reconciliation, because uh, that's my title, and I kind of like it. Uh, but we're also going to walk through the ministry of reconciliation. We're going to talk about how the two meet, okay? Can we do that? We're going to jump around a little bit, uh, so, so bear with me. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of scripture, and uh, that's, that's not an apology. Um, that's what we're here to, you guys aren't here for my opinion. Uh, but this is this is the word of the God. So, can anyone define reconciliation for me? Raise your hand if you can define it. Uh, it's I'm not trying to put you guys on the spot. You guys are intelligent college students. Uh, to make friends, like again. Like, yeah, yeah. Not friends, and then you're friends again. Yeah, that's good. You got one. It's like well, like rebuilding the bridge. Yeah. yeah. Rebuilding the bridge. And, and, and bridge meaning relationship. Yeah, it's good. Return to its original form. Return to its original. That might be my favorite, bro. Okay. To return to the original form. Reconciliation means to be restored or reunited with somebody. 
To be restored or reunited with somebody. So that means to be reconciled means that one had to belong to the other in the first place. It had to be your original form. It's not like we've never met before and now I meet you and now we're friends. It's that at one point we had fellowship, we had union, we had a relationship. And because of some reason, some Thing. We've been alienated, we've been taken away, we've been separated from this relationship. But through reconciliation, usually on one person's side more than the other, we've been brought back into our original form. Amen. Yes. This is the reality of the gospel. That through the cross, we have been brought back to our original home, our original purpose, to be one with God, to be united with God. This is our roots, guys. Union with God. This is literally what you've been created for. Union with God. And it's because we've been separated from our original purpose, from our original unity, that we constantly try to strive to try to fill it with all these other things in life. But guess what? You won't be fulfilled. You won't be fulfilled in all these other things. Why? Because you belong to one before you belong to any of the other things. So you have a hole that can only be filled by the one that you belong to first. This is the love song of the soul. This is your original design to be one with your maker. So why would anything else fulfill you? Why would anything else satisfy you? Have you guys ever just thought about the why of the gospel, the why of the gospel. Like, why is it that Christ had to die on a cross? Mm-hmm. And why is it that he chose me? And why is it that this love is so great? Mm. Mm. Just, just meditate on this, guys. The why of the gospel. Every time I talk about the gospel, I feel like I need to, I need to give a preface that anything I say doesn't even scratch the surface of the goodness of this gospel. It doesn't even scratch the depth of the goodness of this gospel. It's it's what Skylar talked about last week. Ephesians 3. The boundless riches of Christ. The unsearchable riches of Christ. The inexplainable riches of Christ. It's insane, guys. So, So that's my preface, that anything... I'm about to say doesn't even do justice to the glory of the gospel. But I don't think if, if we don't understand the glory and the union that we once belonged to, that we were created for, we'll never appreciate or walk in the unity that we've been brought back into. You have to understand one before you can truly walk in the other. You have to understand what you've been created for. And the cross, it's, it's not just an atoning sacrifice for our sins. As good as that is, that's really, really good news. That because of the cross, you've been forgiven of all sins, past, present, and future. They're gone. You're without blemish. But let's not diminish the gospel to just that. And I say that really lightly because that's really good news. But the cross was to restore union with the holy God. So to think about the why of the gospel, we have to think about the original state of humanity in Adam. Yeah. 
God's eternal desire for humanity was to be one with his sons and daughters. Genesis tells us that Adam walked in perfect union with the holy God of the universe. He walked in perfect union with the Father. Wow. Can you guys imagine walking in perfect union with the Father without the defilement of sin, without the perversion? Seeing God face to face. They were just hanging out, chilling, eating fruit. Not beef fruit, but they were eating fruit, chilling, naming animals and all that. Guys, that's cool. That's really cool. I, I can't say that, that I would name an elephant an elephant. I probably would have named it like a mouse or a bird or something. But Adam is obviously super smart and it fits the elephant. A lot of people think about that reality that, that Adam walked face to face with God. It's like all, all he saw was God. All he knew was God. That was it. Yeah. That was it. All he knew was the love of the Father. All he knew was the union of God. Yeah. How beautiful. How beautiful is that? People are going to be like, oh, like, that's not really fair to Adam. He didn't really know what else was out there. What else is out there, guys? Right. What else is out there but God? Come on. It's God. That's right. To see nothing but God. But then what happens? Adam, he believes the lie of the enemy, saying that there's more or something better than God that is in the fruit. How many of you know that, that sin will always overpromise and underdeliver? That's right. It'll always overpromise and underdeliver. So Adam believes the lie of the enemy. He takes, he takes the apple, takes a bite. And no longer does Adam just see God. But what happens? He sees himself. He, he turns his eyes from God and he looks inward on himself. And no longer does he see a perfect holy God, but he sees the defilement of himself. He sees the disobedience. He sees the darkness. He sees his nakedness. His eyes were taken off God and he put him on himself. So sin, it both separated God, separated Adam from God and it skewed his view of him. And Adam hides in the presence of a holy God in which that he walked in union with. It's a complete 180. This God that he walked in union with, he now hides because he was afraid when he felt the presence of the Lord because he knew he was naked. Notice that God never moved. God never changed. His posture as the father never changed. But it was Adam but it was me, but it was you. We turned our backs, we changed. So God, he comes to meet Adam in the garden and he says, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? God doesn't say, Adam, where are you? Because he doesn't know where Adam is, guys. He's God, And he doesn't say, Adam, where are you? Because he's mad at Adam. But you have to hear the voice of the Father. That's right. Oh, yeah. In love, in longing, sing Adam. Yeah. 
Where are you? Adam, you're out of union with me. I miss you, Adam. You were supposed to meet me here. Come on, guys. So no longer was humanity one with God, but we were separated by sin. This is the result of sin. Separation from God. Romans 6 tells us that we were once slaves to sin. This word for slave in the Greek is doulos. Doulos. I don't know. I don't have a Greek accent. Look at your neighbor and say doulos. 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 You guys didn't know that you were going to learn some Greek tonight. Praise God. Welcome to Ignite. You guys are uh, now multi-ethnical, multicultural, bilingual. That's that's what I was uh, going for. Praise God. Don't stone me. Don't stone my gosh. Just kidding. So doulos, it means one who is owned until being released by death. One who is owned until being released by death. So we, rather than belonging to God, we chose to belong to sin, pursuing death. But thanks be to God for his grace that abounds more. Thanks be to God that he hasn't changed his mind about you. That he didn't give up on his original plan. Romans 6 22 through 23 says, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. (laughs) The benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life for the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. So look, you have literally been bought. By the highest price of the blood of Jesus. That's right. Out of slavery. That's right. From sin. Yes. And into right standing with God. And this is the reality that we were so blinded. One chapter I've had in 2 Corinthians 6, it says that we've been restricted by our own affections. We were so blinded by our love for sin that we were just going to let it. Lead us down a path to hell. But what did Jesus do? He said, no, no, no. Not my son. Not my daughter. Kojo? No, sorry. Can't have him. He's mine. Landon? Nope. I got to have him too. Maddie, Tessa, they're both coming with me. They're my daughters. I love them. Come on, guys. Then what did he do? He went to the cross because what? You were the joy. The Bible says that you were the joy that was set before him on the cross. All the pain, all the suffering that Jesus had to go through on the cross. Why was he able to go through it? Because he saw his reward in you. You were the joy that was set before him. And Christ, he didn't just die for us. But he's actually died as us. He's actually died as us. Dulos. Only being released by death, right? So he releases us from the bondage of sin and clothes us in his righteousness. 
So now the old master of sin, guess what? It's died too. Freeing us from sin and tying us to Christ. And we now belong to Jesus. And guess what? Dulos, because Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave, you're secure. Jesus, he's, he's seated forever at the right hand of the Father, alive, bodily. This is really good news, guys. This means that you can't be bought back from Jesus. You're secure. God's plan for humanity was always to be one with him. So he predestined a way back into fellowship to his heart through the cross. Ephesians 1.9 says, Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. This is the goal of the cross. To unite all things to and through and for Jesus. Unity. Unity, guys. You're made one. Not because we deserve it and definitely not because we could earn it. But God is just incredibly good. He's never changed his mind about you. He's never turned his back on his plans. But he had to have you. Not because he needed us, but because we needed him. And the holiness of God actually attracts him to us even more. Come on. A lot of times we think the holiness of God, it's like, oh, he's holy. I can't come into his presence. He's holy. I can't come to him. He's holy. He's going to be disappointed in me. But God's holiness is actually what attracts him to you. They're like, oh, they need me. I can't watch my children die. I can't watch them suffer. You're predestined. This is the predestination of the cross that you've already made a way. The Trinity, the Godhead of the Trinity, before the very foundations of the earth, made a plan for you to be adopted back in the union with God. I'm sure this is not at all how it happened, but this is kind of just like how I like to imagine it, so just bear with me. Just, just, just picture this. Nothing else exists. It's, 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 it's the Godhead, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Again, it's not how it happened. This is reading verses, not the scripture. But we got the Son and the Spirit. They're hanging out. I don't know what they're doing. But the Father, he comes up to him. He's like, all right, guys, listen up. I got a crazy plan, but, but just bear with me. They're like, okay, okay, Dad, what is it? What is it? And then the Father says, all right, so you know how we have Jesus in human form, okay? I'm thinking about making more people in the image of us so that we can adopt them into this Trinitarian love that we've had going on for all eternity. You know, this, this perfect love, union, whatever, it's, it's great, but what if we adopted them into it as well? Yeah. And the Son and the Spirit, they're like, Dad, this is a great idea, let's do it! Yeah. Come on! Yeah, yes. This has been the plan of e- from eternity's past. Before God separated the heavens from the earth, before God hung the stars in the sky, He thought about you. 
And he thought about you being in union with him. That was free. (laughs) All right. The one who knew no sin became sin so that we would become his righteousness. Christ has literally traded places with us on the cross, wearing our sin so that we could wear his righteousness. We don't understand that, guys. We don't. Let's just be honest with ourselves. We don't understand what all Jesus went through that we deserve to go through. We don't get it. Paul says that that we've become a new creation. The old has passed away. That sin, that darkness, that addiction is not who you are anymore. You have no association with it. Why? Because it's been pinned to the cross. It's been pinned to the cross. And this is how I know we don't understand the reality of the union of the gospel. Because for you to actively and willingly pursue darkness and sin is for you to literally look Jesus in the eyes when he's hanging on the cross and saying, sorry, it wasn't enough for me. I'm not convinced. It's for you to look at Jesus while he's on the cross bleeding for you and saying that you're not convinced. For you to actively and willingly pursue sin. And, and that's, that's not me. I'm not like trying to condemn anybody. I'll literally be the first to admit that I've, I've done this and I, I suck at this. But we have to grasp this reality of the union of the gospel. It's vital. And I love you guys. And we have to understand what we've been brought into. When we neglect the unity of the gospel, we continue to walk in things that Jesus is already freed, freed from. Say it again. When we neglect the unity of the gospel, we continue to walk in things that Jesus has already freed us from. Yeah. That addiction, that shame, that guilt, that darkness. Each time the hammer hit the Roman nail. Your, your sin was pinned to the cross a little bit more. Your old man died a little bit more. Yeah. Pornography. Ding. Drug abuse. Ding. Alcohol abuse. Ding. Homosexuality. Ding. Each time. It's already been pinned to the cross. And if you have put your faith in the finished work of Jesus, sin has no reign over you anymore. You're clothed in righteousness. And when God sees you, he now sees you through the lens of his son. That's insane. That's good. Amen. Come on, guys. There was a time when, when God... He dwelled in the tabernacle. That's where his spirit lay. He dwelled in the tabernacle. He dwelled in the, in the holy of holies. But now, 
You have been made a temple of the living God. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. He's chosen to set up shop in you, in your heart. You house the living God. And he's not going to share his temple with idols. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's not. So this is what the unity of the cross provides. Ready? Verse 14. I'm on the wrong page. Praise God. (laughs) Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So not only do we take part in the death and the life and the victory of Christ, which provides freedom and security for our lives, but we also, what does it say? That we would live for him. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So we also take part in the mission of Christ, which provides purpose for our lives. And there's no greater purpose for your life. Yeah. Let's break this down. All right? Mm. We okay? Yeah. Yeah. Does this all make sense? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The unity of the gospel provides freedom and security for our lives. Ephesians 2, 12 through 13. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now, somebody say, but now. But now. In Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been brought near. Come on, say it like they really have. You've been brought near. All right. A A little teaching, really quick. In the Old Covenant, the work of the high priest was to go in on the behalf of the people to make sacrifices to God so that they would be in right standing with him. So the priest would enter in with the blood of goats and bulls so that Israel would be in right standing with God. Okay? Not only was he entering in for the sins of the people, but he was a sinful man himself. So he was also entering in for his own sin. So he would sprinkle himself with the blood of of goats and bulls so that he could actually enter into the holy place to make this sacrifice. Okay? But the blood of goats and bulls had no atoning power. It could not save the people from their sins. It could merely just forgive them. Mm. Okay? Mm. So the people, what were they constantly doing? The people were constantly having to work to be in right standing with God. But this is Jesus' work as high priest. That now, Jesus enters in on our behalf. Not shedding the blood of goats and bulls, but shedding the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Come on, guys. Putting us back in right standing with God forever. Jesus has finished the sacrificial system. 
He's finished it. It's done. It's over. Once and for all. Now that Jesus' blood was shed, there's no work that needs to be done. Amen. Come on, guys. Because of the cross, you never have to question your right standing with God. If you've put your faith and your trust, not just intellectually, not just saying, yeah, I agree, but if you've thrown your life on the reality of the cross, you never have to question your right standing with God. Jesus' sacrifice was enough. It was enough. And the nearness of this being brought near by the blood, is, is, it's, not, it's not proximity. It's not that now that the, the blood of Jesus has been shed, that I now get to stand next to Jesus. Okay? It's, it's not proximity. The nearness that we've been brought into by the blood is a oneness. It's a unity. It's, it's the gospel. It's Christ in you. Amen. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's now the same spirit that lives in you. You have unity with Jesus because of the cross. Being brought near by the blood of Christ frees you from trying to relate to God through our own merit, mm-hmm. through our own work, yeah. through our own self-righteousness, yeah. through works of the law. Yeah. Oh, I got to read my Bible to make sure I feel close to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrong. Oh, let me make sure I, I pray this amount of times a day in the old English, King James Version, so I feel close to God. <laughs> Wrong. Okay, I gotta, I gotta worship this certain kind of way so that now God sees me and I feel close to God. What am I gonna say? <laughs> Wrong. I gotta do X, Y, and Z to make sure I'm close to God. Wrong. You've been brought near by the blood. And it was the blood alone that could bring you near. All of these things are merely products, fruits of being brought near by the blood. Fruits. So that it's no longer I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm worshiping for love, for grace, for nearness. But I'm actually reading my Bible, praying, worshiping from a place of love, from a place of nearness, from a place of grace. There's no striving. Look at your neighbor and say, you're good, homie. You're good, homie. Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8. For when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Peter Lewis is one of the leaders at Upper Room, Dallas. Shout out Rebecca. If you guys don't know Rebecca, you should know Peter Lewis says that it was in the wisdom of God that he died for us Mm. while we were still sinners. Why? Mm. Because if he died for us and loved us that much while we were still sinners, then it wouldn't be up to us to sustain it while we've been made new. Mm. It wouldn't be up to us. Mm. There could never, if there wasn't anything that we could do to earn it, there could never be anything that we could do to sustain it. But he did it when we, were, when we were dead, when we were dark, when we were in sin. And he continues to sustain us while he's brought us into delight and righteousness. Oh. 
Why would you ever have to earn it? I think so often we become saved, and, and rather than adopting union, we adopt religion. Mm-hmm. Amen. We adopt religion. But how can you earn something that was freely given to you? Mm-hmm. I promise it's not up to you guys. I promise. I promise there's nothing you could do to make him love you more. I promise that he adores you. I promise that his gaze has been eternally set upon you. It was only the cross that could bring us near. We couldn't earn it, so Jesus closed the gap for us. This is the fruit of the gospel. That despite our lack and our inability to to do things, we've been made to be in right standing with God. We've been brought back into union with God. And this is what we boast in. We don't boast in our good works. We don't boast in how good we've been doing. What do we boast in? We boast in being brought near by the blood. We boast in the finished work of the cross. We boast in what Jesus has done and who he is. It's not about us. When you rest in knowing that you've been brought near by the blood, you'll start to see the fruit in your life. And I'm not dismissing anything, the things that I talked about earlier, because reading your Bible, praying, living a life of worship, I think is absolutely necessary for our our growth as believers, our growth as followers. But like I said earlier, it's, it's not you're doing it for anything. Mm-hmm. It's already been accomplished. Amen. Yeah. And it's because it's been accomplished that we get to draw near even more through his word. We get to know him even more through his word. We get to sit in the presence of God. Have you guys ever thought about why in the Old Testament mm. that the priests, they couldn't enter into the Holy of Holies because they would literally die in the presence of God? When, I don't know the guy's name, but they're they were, they were moving the tabernacle. And the tabernacle starts to fall. And the guy catches the tabernacle so it wouldn't fall on the ground. He, he's doing a good thing. But because he touched the presence of God, he falls on his face dead. But now, we're commanded. We are, we are invited to seek the face of God boldly. Moses he, he was standing on the mountain. He said, God, show me your face. He said, Moses, sorry, bro. I literally can't show you my face because I don't want you to die, but I can show you my back. Okay? <laughs> but now we've been invited to seek boldly the face of God. Amen. Why? Amen, yeah. Because better blood has been shed. Amen. That's right. Because we've been made one yes. with Christ. That's so this is the place that we're operating out of. Praise Unity. Yeah. Mm. Does this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Ask your neighbor if they're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Lastly, the union of the gospel provides purpose for our lives. Unity with Christ does not permit passivity. Unity with Christ does not permit passivity. It's not like, oh, I'm saved, I'm good, I don't, right. have, to, I don't have to do it. I'm right. going to sit around until Jesus comes back. Come on, that's right, come on. If anything, 
This gospel, this unity with Christ calls you into something greater. It calls you into something more. I love, I, I, I love coming in here every single Sunday. Glorifying the name of Jesus. Praising his name, his name glorifying this gospel. Learning more about it. Diving deeper. Getting to know each and every one of you guys. I love it. I love it. I love talking about Jesus. It's my favorite topic. But if what we do in here doesn't actually affect what's going on out there, yeah. I'm afraid that we're doing something terribly wrong. Yeah, right. If what we do in here doesn't affect the way that we lived our lives outside, it doesn't actually affect the lives of the lost, we're in vain. We're doing something wrong. That's right, yeah. This is what Paul's talking about. That because we've been reconciled, we've actually now been commissioned to carry this gospel. That's right. Yep. That's right. What an honor! Amen. Guys, come on! The same mission that Jesus carried while he was on earth, that the kingdom of God is at hand, yeah. is the same mission that we get to carry in our lives. That's right. But it's from a place of actually knowing what this cross provides. Yeah. Guys, you gotta hear what Jesus brought me out of. Yeah. Guys, you gotta know the love of Jesus. Yeah. You gotta hear about the cross. Come on, guys. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Not counting their trespasses against them. Come on, somebody. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Therefore, we implore you, be reconciled to God. Come on, guys. Some of y'all want to be ambassadors for your favorite brands. Why do you want to be ambassadors for Jesus? Gucci, Louis, Prada, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> I'm being silly, but like it's true, guys. Think about it. What? Someone name your, their favorite brand. Goodwill. Lulu? Goodwill. Under Armour. Lulu. Okay, so for the sake of conversation, the ladies in the room, Lululemon. If you guys had an ambassador deal with Lululemon and they sent you a jacket, I know how expensive their jackets are. I bought one before, not for myself. No, we're not together. <laughs> but if they send you a jacket, one of one, you guys would be walking around on campus like this. Yeah, yeah, they sent it to me. Yeah, I got this for free. And every time somebody asked you about it, you would tell them that you got it for free, and you would what? You would endorse Lululemon. But what? What has been freely given to you? Salvation in Christ has been freely given to you, and you're not going to tell somebody about it. Come on, God. Come on. You're not going to tell somebody? Do you not remember where you once were? Do you not remember what I always brought you out of? Forgive me. I'm, I'm just passionate. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. But come on. You don't really think 
good news is good news unless you tell somebody about it, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Is this not good news? How else will they know unless you tell them? There's a generation dying. And what are we going to do? Just sit back and watch? 4%, guys. 4% of our generation has a biblical worldview. It's 96% drowning in sin, darkness, having no hope, being separated from God, looking for other things to save them, fulfill them. I refuse, guys. I refuse to sit back and watch. Amen. When I hold solution in my veins, I refuse. Amen, Oliver. <laughs> Come on, guys. Really quick. Like, raise your hand if you have tried to fulfill your life with something else before Jesus. Raise your hand. I'll be the first. Hi, hi. And be honest when I, when I ask this next question. Be honest. I, I, I implore you. Keep your hand raised if any one of those things actually fulfilled you. Look around. Whose hand's raised? That's the same reality for every one of them outside. That's right. That's right. That's so yeah. bad. Yeah. For anybody else not pursuing Christ, anyone else trying to fulfill their life with something else other than Jesus, what's going to happen, guys? They're going to end up unsatisfied. They're not going to have unity. They're not going to have wholeness. They're not going to be pursuing what they've been created for. Unity with their maker. There's only one gospel. That's right. There's only one solution. Jesus is not a way. He's not a truth. He's not a life. Come on. He's the way. The truth. And the life. He's the desire of nations. The heart cry of a generation. There's one solution. There's one. And that's probably hate speech in a lot of places. But what are we going to do? Not tell them the truth? What are we going to do? Not tell them about the love that has chased you down? Not tell them about the love that's wooed you over? Not tell them about the love that's freed you? Come on, guys. So then why are we able to be bold witnesses for Christ? Verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us. You're able to be a bold witness for Christ. Not because of any gift that you have. Not because that you're more special than somebody else. And I'm not, I'm not neglecting. Look, each one of you in this room has many, many gifts that God has given you. And they are to be used for God. They're be, to be used to glorify God. But if you don't know the love of Jesus, what is that gift worth? What is it worth? If you haven't been moved, captivated, compelled, and wooed over by this love of Jesus, then reaching somebody that doesn't know him is going to be really brutal for you. Yeah. Mm. 
Mm. It's really it's really hard to tell somebody about a love that you don't even know or believe for yourself. Wow, wow yeah, that's right. It's really hard, guys. Yeah. It's really hard. But if you've actually been moved by the love of Christ that has saved you, then you'll understand the love of God that he has for the person that you're talking to. And all of a sudden, it's no longer a burden for you to evangelize. But it's a joy. When you know the love of God, evangelism, discipleship, reading your Bible, praying, preaching, all these other things become light. They become a joy. Because you know the love that you're rooted in. You're freed from self-relevancy. If you care more about your own self-relevance more than you care about Jesus being glorified, then I don't really think that that you know the love of Jesus. If you care more about looking cool or fitting in, then, then I don't really know that you know the love of Jesus. And that's not me. That's, 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 not, that's not on the basis of salvation. That's not what I'm saying. Hear me. If you put your, finish, if you put your faith in the finished word of the cross, you're saved. You're done. But I'm saying that you can't be bold for Jesus if you don't know his love. Yeah. If you don't actually walk in this love, this union yeah. that we have with him. Because then you're, you're trying to, to muster something up in your own merit, in your own work, in your own strength. And it's never going to be enough. How can somebody meet the love of Jesus in you if you don't actually know it for yourself? I want revival just as much as the next guy. I do. I want to see another Jesus people movement. I want to see this generation set on fire for Jesus. And I believe that God will do it in this generation. I believe that wholeheartedly. But revival can't happen until the love in the life of Jesus is reproduced in the life of his followers. It can't happen. Did you guys know that the word revival actually isn't in the Bible? It's not. The product of revival is in the Bible, no doubt. But the word revival is not in the Bible. I don't think the church in Acts was thinking about revival. Yeah. But they were just living accordingly to how Jesus told them to live. You know what's in the Bible? Love your neighbor. You know what's in the Bible? Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Come on, guys. Right. His life has to be reproduced in our own. You've been crowned as sons and as daughters. And it's a heart that is in union with God that can't help but carry the burden of the Father's heart. You'll start to see people how God sees them. You'll start to love them how God loves them. You'll start to be burdened for their eternal destination because you see them how the Father sees them. I'm going to end with with what I started with. Because our eyes are fixed on Jesus, they're no longer fixed inward on ourselves, worrying about what we look like, worrying about how relevant we are, worrying about our own influence. But we just live to see Christ glorified. And his life is then reciprocated in our own lives. 
And now you can actually embrace the outward-focused heart of Christ and change to the harvest. When you take your eyes off yourself because you realize that you're secure in the Father's love, you're now able to embrace the outward-focused heart of Christ and tend to the harvest. Acts 4, going back to it. Peter and John standing before the council, again, preaching the gospel boldly, without regard, without self-relevancy. Come on, not caring what they look like, not caring what people said, not caring the opposition that comes. And when people said, yo, stop, chill out, stop preaching Jesus so much, we're going to put you in jail or stone you. What did they say back to the council? Mm -hmm. We can't help but speak of what we've seen and what we've heard and what we've experienced in this love of Jesus. We can't help it. I can't keep quiet about this love of Jesus that has freed me from my addiction. This love of Jesus that has changed my identity. This love of Jesus that has secured me as as a son of God. I can't keep quiet. I can't keep quiet about this love. This love that has chased me down for all of eternity. I refuse. Just zip my mouth and throw it away. No. I won't do that. Would the same be true about this generation? That we would embrace this outward focused heart of Christ and be so burdened that we, that we would understand his love for us and be so burdened for the love that he has for the hardest, the darkest, and the most lost. Can he not do it? Is he not worthy? I really believe that the gospel still works, guys. Amen. It still works. Yeah. It's the same blood that has brought us near. Yeah. It's the same message they've been preaching since Acts. Come on. We don't have to add anything to it. It's enough. You don't have to feel worthy. But you're made worthy. I'm so unworthy to be up here preaching this gospel. But it's by the grace of God. Amen. By the grace of God. And the same is true about each and every other person in this room. Amen. The grace of God has implored you to carry this gospel, Amen. to carry this message of reconciliation. Uh-huh. But it starts with you actually believing this love of Jesus. That's right. So as we go back into worship... Worship team can come up if you guys want to. If not, I'll just sing. <laughs> you guys might not ever come back. <laughs> Praise God, I'm not singing. All right. I just want to take a moment. You guys don't have to stay in your seats. You guys don't have to stand up. You guys don't even have to sing with the worship band, whatever. You guys can get around the room. You can find a corner. You can find whatever. I mean, please stay in the room. But... I just want you to to sit and dwell in the love of God. I want you to begin to ask him to show you the union that he's brought you into. To show you the love that he has for you. Begin to ask him, God, how do you feel about me? Let me feel your warm embrace. And then when he shows you... (coughs) I want you to actually believe it. (laughs) Because it actually doesn't matter 
what you say about you, what somebody else says about you. If you ever question your own identity, if you ever question how much you're loved, if you ever question how much you're worth, set your gaze back on the cross. You don't have to question anymore. You've been brought near by the blood. And nothing can take that away. It's not a feeling. It's not goosebumps. And love, love actually has to express itself. And it has. 2,000 years ago. When Jesus hung bloody and beaten on a rugged cross for you and for me. That's what love is. That's, that's self-sacrificial love. That is the epitome of love. So begin to ask him, God, show me your love for me. Tell me how much you love me. Tell me you want to hear his heartbeat. Tell him that you want to know how much he loves your neighbor so then you can actually love them too. Begin to ask him, If he thought about you while he was on the cross, I promise you he did. Begin to thank him. Start to remember what all he's brought you out of. Start to remember the better way that he's given you. Pastor at church said today, he said, a lot of people have had their chains already broken, but they're still sitting in the prison cell. You've already been given a better way. Your chains have already been broken. The blood has already been shed. The sacrifice is paid. The debt is paid. It's available for you to walk in. Thank you. 
Father, we just ask that you would give us grace to fully capture the wonder of the gospel, that these truths that have been spoken, truths that are clearly laid out in your word, would move from our head into our hearts. And Lord, we just ask for the wonder of the gospel to be opened up to us, the glory that sits in the face of Jesus would be more fully revealed to our hearts. And we just thank you for the love that you have for us. Thank you for the gospel that comes to us by grace through faith. Lord, we thank you. We can't add anything to it. Lord, we thank you for the finished work of the cross. And uh, I just want to encourage you tonight, if you're in here and reading talking about these things, and kind of how I said last week, you've heard them before, but you don't know the experience of them. There's a huge difference between looking at a travel pamphlet about going to Jamaica and actually going to Jamaica, right? There's a difference between hearing week after week about what's available in Christ versus actually experiencing it. Yeah. If you've never experienced what it means to lay your head up on your pillow at night with a clean conscience because you've been set right with God, it's something you have to enter into, right? And so I just want to encourage you, if you're one of our student leaders, would you raise your hand real quick? Just kind of, so look around the room, kind of make eye, like, or contact with the back of your head wherever you're sitting right over like but identify who has their hand up and I'm not going to do like an altar call right now but if you know that tonight is the night that you want to get right with God and you it's a gift but faith is how we receive it it's like swallowing a pill it's how we receive the contents of what comes to us by grace the free gift of God and it's as simple as repentance which means I've been walking this way but I want to turn around and start walking in this direction and I'm going to place saving faith in Jesus, which is not just check the box I believe in. I'm going to say that you're the only way that I can be saved. I'll throw my life on top of you and say there's no other option for me. Yeah. And you're going to continue to walk out the life of faith by doing that every day. Just continuing to look to Jesus as if there is no other option because there is no other option. Okay? And you're going to confess him as Lord, but Jesus is not really interested in lip service. So that means that then you begin to walk out the consequences of yeah. what it means. And consequence has a negative connotation. You're going to begin to walk out the reality of what it means for Jesus to take the, his rightful place as Lord of your heart. And can I tell you, he's much better at leading your life than you are. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> the God, he's, he's so much better. Okay? He can be trusted. So I just want to encourage you, if you've never done that before, I want there to, this night to go on without an opportunity for you to do that. So just afterwards, people will be talking, hanging out. Find one of us. Find Regan. Find myself, one of the leaders who had their hand up, talk to us. We'd love to just, there's no magic words. It's not like, man, I had to pray these specific words. We'd love to just talk to you and then follow up with you afterwards. 